Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon, replaced my hip recently, as well as both of my knees in 2006. Always appreciate his point of view from the healthcare trenches. And we'll also visit with the former mayor of Naples, uh, Bill Barnett. It is October the 13th, and on this day in 1792, the cornerstone was laid for the presidential residence in the newly designed and designated capital city of Washington, D.C. In 1800, President John Adams became the first president to reside in the executive mansion, which soon became known as the White House because its white-gray Virginia freestone contrasted strikingly with the red brick of nearby buildings. The city of Washington was created to replace Philadelphia as the nation's capital because of its geographical position in the center of the existing new republic. The states of Maryland and Virginia ceded land around the Potomac River to form the District of Columbia, and work began in Washington in 1791. French architect Charles Lafont uh, designed the newly radical layout, full of dozens of circles and crisscross avenues and plentiful parks. In 1792, work began on the neoclassical White House building at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue by a construction team comprised of enslaved and freed African Americans and European immigrants. Irish-American architect James Hoban oversaw the design, and the President George Washington chose the site. On November the 1st, President John Adams was welcomed to the executive mansion. His wife, Abigail, wrote about their new home. I pray heaven to bestow the best of blessings on this house and on all that shall hereafter inhabit it. May none be but wise men ever rule under this roof. Well, that wish didn't come true. That prayer didn't come true. But nevertheless, most were pretty wise men. In 1814, during the War of 1812, the White House was set on fire along with the U.S. Capitol by British soldiers in retaliation for the burning of government buildings in Canada by U.S. troops. The burned-out building was subsequently rebuilt and enlarged under the direction of James Hoban, who added east and west terraces to the main building, along with a semi-circular south portico and a colonnaded north portico. The smoke-stained stone walls were painted white, uh, work was uh, completed in the White House in the 1820s. Major restoration occurred in the administration of President Harry Truman, and Truman lived across the street for several years in Blair House. Since 1995, Pennsylvania Avenue between the White House and Lafayette Square has been closed to vehicular travel and traffic for uh, security reasons. Today, more than a million tourists visit the White House annually. It's the oldest federal building in the nation's capital. Interesting story of the White House, somewhat uh, coincides with the history of the United States of America. Collier County is a long haul getting back to on its feet after Hurricane Ian, which caused $2.2 billion in damage to property, according to the officials. 
meeting for the first time uh, since Ian swept through the southwest Florida on September the 28th. The Collier County Commission received a detailed report on Tuesday about building damage, debris cleanup, power restoration, and why the curfew is necessary. Uh, Countywide, 33 buildings were destroyed. A combined 3,015 residential and commercial buildings sustained major damage. Of the $2.2 billion in damage, which includes the cities of Naples and Marco Island, uh, the reason that's mentioned is because they're incorporated areas, $1.7 billion was due to residential buildings and $492 million was damaged uh, to commercial buildings. Cuyahoga County Sheriff Kevin Rambass told the uh, commissioners the curfew had been in effect in the county from midnight until 6 a.m. has been a big help in deterring crime. Thousands of people have poured into Collier County for work to repair damaged properties, while others may have come in to take advantage of people, he said. Most of them have come to help out, but not all, he said. The sheriff's office to date has made 13 arrests, which include an accused child molester and reported gang members from New Orleans, he said. That's the report on Collier County, making great progress. And again, just want to acknowledge our Collier County commissioners, all the great work that those folks are doing, as well as, of course, our governor and uh, what, how he's orchestrating help here in Collier and Lee counties. <clears throat> well, the Treasury Department Inspector General has told Massachusetts Democrats that he's investigating Florida's use of government funds to send illegal immigrants uh, to Martha's Vineyard last month. The Inspector General informed the lawmakers in a letter sent last week and published Tuesday in which the IG's office said it had an audit work planned on whether the state of Florida had improperly used funds, including COVID-19 relief money, to transport migrants to the wealthy Massachusetts island of Martha's Vineyard. This is also so political. Senator Ed Markey, who is a complete dunce, confirmed the letter and said uh, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis is being investigated for his use of COVID fund reliefs funds uh, to cruelly transport immigrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard under false pretenses and without any consideration for their personal dignity or basic needs. Uh, DeSantis is also facing a lawsuit from some other migrants who allege they were boarded the plane to the island under false pretenses. A little bit of ambulance chasing going on there. I will say that uh, the uh, House and the Senate passed a bill, and I believe it was mostly bipartisan, to set aside these funds. I think it was $12, billion, uh, $12 million, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, do this. And uh, now he's simply following the uh, the will of the people. So to me, I don't know how this inspection is going to lead to anything but saying, well, you know what, if we're going to lock up DeSantis and find him guilty, we're going to do that with uh, the state legislature as well. What a joke. Well, New Hampshire Governor uh, GOP Senate nominee Don Bolduke announced Wednesday that uh, newly independent Tulsi Gabbard is going on a, brain, a barnstorming campaign tour to stump for the conservative Senate candidate. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard is a fellow change agent, an independent-minded outsider who will speak the truth to power, retired Army Brigadier General Boldu tweeted to, uh, Wednesday, linking it to an official press release, I'm honored to have, have her support and look forward to barnstorming in New Hampshire with her. The announcement comes just one day after Gabbard made her, her departure from the Democrat Party uh, Gabbard ran in the uh, 2020 presidential election as a Democrat and as a moderate, 
We don't agree on every issue, but I'm honored to have the support of Tulsi Gabbard, who shares my view that the status quo is broken and we need to change of direction, Bolduc, who is running to flip the seat of Senator Maggie Hassan, who's a Democrat in New Hampshire. Tulsi is a fellow change agent and an independent-minded outsider willing to speak the truth to power. I'm going to spend every day between now and Election Day building a wide coalition of supporters that includes Republicans, independents, and even disaffected Democrats who know that Senator Hassan is a career politician and must be retired. Bolduc has not received an endorsement from former President Donald Trump, but Trump has called him a strong and tough guy. Gabbard, who served eight years as a Democrat House member, is the U.S. Army Reserves and a, and a former major of the Hawaiian National Guard. Polling has Hassan leading in the final weeks before the November 8th vote, but Tragelfair Group's most recent poll has Bolduc down just three points, just outside the margin of error, and Gabbard has been a heavy buyer during the 2020 Democrat presidential primary. Gabbard's billboards peppered New Hampshire, so in other words, they're, they're, what they're suggesting here is that she's pretty darn popular up there. And uh, this could be a big boost to uh, Don Bolduc. Certainly wish him well in uh, in that Senate race. She, oh, by the way, she's also supporting uh, the uh, guy running for Congress in Washington State. Uh, hope he does well as well. Well, the Department of Energy's Inspector General is reviewing why the Joe Biden administration gave promising battery technology developed by taxpayer dollars to the Chinese company instead of making the batteries in the United States. Now, this is absurd. China is now reportedly building one of the largest battery grids in the world using the technology which could store huge amounts of solar energy without degrading over time or requiring lithium, mitigating a major environmental impact of current green technology that ends up in landfills. In 2021, there was an illicit Department of Energy transfer of $15 million taxpayer-funded advanced battery technology to China. That, according to Senators John Barrasso and Joni Ernst, they wrote in a letter to the DOE's uh, internal watchdog. The company then received the license plainly stated on the official website that they planned to manufacturing the batteries in China, even though the license included a requirement that the batteries be substantially manufactured in the United States. As these stipulations were continuously violated, Department of Energy never raised any concern, they wrote. We are concerned that this is an overt dereliction of duty by the Department of Energy and that the case may be an emblematic of a department that routinely and flippantly permits government-funded technology to be transferred to China, the senators concluded. In a response, the Inspector General Terry Donaldson replied this month that we are conducting a thorough review of this matter. This is just treasonous is what it amounts to. Can you imagine this? We pay for the development of technology that is precious, that is very special, could mean a lot in terms of our own development and security. Instead, we just don't sell it to China. We give it to them, and we depend on them again for more uh, development of uh, energy products. This is truly absurd. Well, Israel and Lebanon have agreed on a U.S. broker deal over a maritime border. For decades, tensions have remained high between Israel and Lebanon, who are technically at war over 330 square miles of disputed gas fields in the eastern Mediterranean Sea. That's because they could pump billions of dollars into the economies. 
Now under a new deal, the fields will be divvied up between the two countries, reportedly giving one contested gas field to Lebanon and confirming Israeli control of another in the south, even though Lebanese officials say the deal does not equal a treaty and will not normalize relations between the two countries. It's good news for Europe since Israeli Israel plans to export gas there as soon as possible. But first, the countries have to formally sign off on the deal, which is expected to happen, quote-unquote, as soon as possible. Interesting development in the Middle East. Well, a spacecraft that plowed into a small, you may recall that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, a spacecraft that plowed into a small, harmless asteroid millions of miles away succeeded in shifting its orbit, that according to NASA, the uh, space agency attempted the first test of its kind two weeks ago to see if the future, uh, in the future a killer rock could be nudged out of Earth's way. The DART spacecraft carved a crater into the asteroid on September the 26th, hurling debris out of its into space and uh, creating a comet-like trail of dust and rubble stretching several thousand miles. It took days of telescopic observations to determine how much the impact had altered the path of the 525-foot meter asteroid uh, around its companion, a much bigger uh, space rock. Before the impact, the moon took 11 hours and 55 minutes to circle its parent asteroid. Scientists had now hoped to shave off 10 minutes, but NASA Administrator Bill Nelson said the impact uh, altered the asteroid's orbit by about 32 minutes. The mission shows that NASA is trying to be ready for whatever the universe throws at us, he said in a briefing at NASA. This is just an amazing story and uh, cost about $325 million, but now uh, we've demonstrated we have the power if we have an asteroid coming towards Earth, which certainly happened during the time of the uh, dinosaurs. We could fire off a missile and uh, we could change the uh, direction of the asteroid. That could be good for all of us here on the Earth if, in fact, we survived what's, what's going on with the nuclear power and uh, missiles uh, right now. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabee's.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse. Bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Keith, uh, with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Uh, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a... Uh a coalition that's been around since uh, 2013. Uh, we focus on K through 12 education um, and from a number of different angles. One, we're uh, huge supporters of, uh, uh, you know, putting parents back in charge of their education of the kids. Uh, so that includes supporting, uh, you know, all of the active voucher programs. Uh, we call them scholarships here in Florida that Florida's established for kids. Uh, we also are fighting the indoctrination uh, big time, the uh, pornography and the abuse and de- denigration of our constitutional values. So, Terrific organization. That's kind of an overview. Yeah, great organization. Uh, GoFLCA.com is the website. GoFLCA.com. I just really think you're doing a terrific job, you and Pastor Rick Stevens, in, in uh, getting traction in Tallahassee and helping change the direction of public education here in Florida in a very positive way. By the way, you, you have an event uh, that uh, probably has been postponed now, October the 12th. Yeah, we were uh, supposed to hold an event last night. It was scheduled uh, it was to, to finalize our Liberty Challenge. Um, we had a, uh, we were challenging ourselves to raise uh, $225,000. Uh, big challenge. Um, the final event was supposed to be last night with General Flynn. Uh, on October 5th, uh, we decided, you know, right after the hurricane, uh, to move that. Uh, it just didn't make sense to uh, be holding a fundraiser for us when so many people were suffering and recovering. So mm-hmm. uh, we now have rescheduled that for December 2nd. Uh, it'll be at the Hilton. We had to move the location, which was part of what took us some time to get it restructured. Sure. Um, and we'll combine it with a Christmas party and and I'll give thanks for all of those uh, that survived the hurricane and are recovering. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a great event. I'm sure. Are tickets still available? Yes, they are. Um, tickets will be available. We still have room for um, 
table sponsors. So uh, we welcome people to join us uh, and help us reach that goal. GoFLCA.com, again, is the website. Check it out. Now, uh, the election is coming up. Uh, it's a pretty big deal. Most people uh, are going to find some things on the ballot that you may not be familiar with. You've come out with an, an election guide that's bipartisan. Yeah, yeah we have a voter guide um, it, it, uh, for the local candidates uh, here in Collier County and Lee County. Uh, we've researched and held... Uh, you know, interview sessions with the candidates. We've uh, they filled out surveys, so we have uh, local voter guides. Uh, we're going to do about uh, fifty thousand local voter guides uh, here in Collier County. They've we've already started those, putting those out. Uh, we also have a statewide voter guide. Uh, of course, it doesn't go down to the school board and and county commission level, uh, but we're going to do about a half million uh, electronic voter guides. Um, that, we, that, that, that we've started to put out as well. And both of those are on our website. Uh, it's a different website than, than our base one. Um, and I won't get into the technical reasons for that, but legally uh, to do the voter guides, we do them uh, through a, a 501c4. And that organization is FLCA, uh, FLC Action. Uh, well, only one A, FLCaction.org flcaction.org. Well, I will tell you, it's a it's a great resource, and especially for those that may not be familiar. Are you are you are you also doing the judges? Uh, no, we're going to post on the judges. I've done a pers uh, personal view uh, look at the judges and the amendments, and we'll post a note up there. Uh, it won't be part of the voter guide, uh -huh. uh, but uh, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, tell people my rationale for voting the way I'm voting on the judges and uh, on the amendments. And, 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 and there also is a really great website for uh, the amendments and that's uh, J James Madison Institute. They've done a thorough assessment of uh, all three of the amendments. So um, we'll, we'll make, you know, those resources are available. Yeah. JamesMadison.org uh, is the website for a terrific organization, uh, giving great information bipartisan on, uh, on the elections and what's going on. So uh, before I let you go, uh, Keith, any update on what's happening in terms of uh, education and uh, school boards and well, so forth? Well, I don't have much there, uh, uh, but I would like, before we go, I would like to make one other um, appeal to your, um, your listeners. Uh, last week, uh, Florida Citizens Alliance created a Hurricane Ian Hurricane Relief Fund. Uh, we've already started cutting checks to, to local homeschool families uh, right. uh, uh, across the state, actually. Uh, uh, so, uh, Volusia County was actually hit pretty hard, and uh, and and then again locally here in Collier and Lee. So, uh, if if people are interested in supporting that, it's of course a tax credit, and they can go to our front page of our uh, regular website, um, goflca.org, and uh, make a donation. And we're um, we're already cutting checks to local families. That so. is fantastic. Well, and again, this is to, to support homeschool families, correct? That's our primary focus. Uh, we worded it in such a way that we can do more than that uh, if we need to, but uh, we really are, are focusing our energy on the homeschool families. GoFLCA.com, terrific organization. And while you're there, get tickets for the gala coming up on December, in December, as well as uh, make a contribution. Keith, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Take care. My pleasure as well. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs>
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government and the rule of law. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist through the society to open sphere of influence to government, and uh, D.C. doesn't. No. Well, it's an uphill battle for sure. Seton, you wrote a really interesting piece. D.C. bipartisanship is murdering this country. What an interesting per- perspective. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, obviously you hear all the time about the lack of, partisan- lack of bipartisanship in D.C., and that's what the problem is, and that's why this country is in- And to some degree, that's true. Um, but as I say in the piece, even the partisanship is bipartisan. Um, you can't have gerrymandering where they draw 80% of the districts to be 60 plus percent one party or the other, which means the general election doesn't matter in any real sense. And then wonder why it's so hyperpartisan up there, because the primary winner is guaranteed to win the general. And who wins the primary? The most hardcore member of their party, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the hardcore leftist or hardcore rightist. Um, they got rid of the 17th, they added the 17th Amendment, which was obviously overwhelmingly bipartisan because you can't amend the Constitution without like two-thirds of the states. And that got rid of the state legislatures picking senators. And that's a stupid move. You just made them two more House members. The whole point of the Senate is to be different than the House and, and slow stuff down that comes barreling out of the House. Well, you can't do that if they're just two more House members across 
Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, and that was bipartisan. Uh, I, I, I should have put one extra line in the piece that I didn't. You know, D.C.'s $31 trillion in debt. That's bipartisan. I mean, no one there seems to mind very much. <laughs> great, great, no one seems, great no point. one seems to be doing anything about it. Um, the open borders is bipartisan. No one's done anything about that in five decades since the stupid 1968 Immigration Act. Um, it, you know, lots of lot, I said there's 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 not even partisan. It's, it's not even partisanship. It's partisanship theater. Right. You know. Especially now in the day and age of social media, you have some Republican floor speech, a fiery, you know, fiery floor speech, strong worded, strongly worded letter to follow. And they clip the video and they put it on social media and they send it to raise money for their candidates. But nothing ever happens. Well, yeah, you know, here's a, here's the interesting thing. Uh, it sounds to me like that, you know, that uh, clearly we'd think that these people would be looking out after the best interests of the American public. But the fact of the matter is that each and every one of these people have special interests funding their campaigns, yes. and the consequence is, well, when it comes down to, for example, technology or controlling uh, the uh, censorship in, on in te big tech. Uh, not so fast. These well, guys, you know, it's big. It's big business interests included. I mean, big big business wants the the cheap labor that we're subsidizing with, you know, welfare money and 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 you know Medicaid and you know you know poor people health care and right. free schools and you know we're subsidizing their cheap labor. It's, you know, there's, as 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 Milton Friedman said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So you know we're sub you know. That's big business dictating policy, and we, you know we pick up the tab. Um, you, and like you said, big tech, nothing happened. Big tech about ten years ago, more than ten years ago now, started realizing how the game is played, and they started spending tons of money. You hear all, you know, twelve times more. They spent twelve times more on Democrats and Republicans. They spend a lot on Republicans too. Yep, absolutely. And the twelve times is the individual employees that work at the, you know. Uh, that work at the companies that inflate the total. The the companies themselves spend you know spend a lot of money on Republicans. They own a lot of the allegedly conservative think tanks in D.C. So nothing happens in D.C. that they don't want. There's no privacy legislation in 25 years of the internet existing. We still have zero law that deter that limits in any way them collecting our digital data and and selling access to it. No law. There is no privacy law after 25 years. We have, we have to be happy to get rid of Section 230, which is that unlimited blanket liability uh, uh, protection. Yeah. Uh, from from you know. So what that allows the big tech companies to do, the platforms like Facebook and Twitter, is just manipulate the third party data any way they want for for business or political purposes. Right. Right. They they censor conservatives and and it's third party content. We have uh, we have unlimited liability from for third-party con content ramifications. So Section 30, 230 should definitely be gone. It never should have existed in the first place. And that'll never happen because the big tech doesn't want it. Um, you know, you've got, we're funding, you know, we just spent another $80 billion on government broadband, which is idiotic. It's been awful for decades. Ever since the internet started, the government's tried to be an internet provider, and they've been awful at it for ever since the inception. We just spent another $80 billion on it, but we pay that largely through taxes that big tech doesn't pay. Hmm. So they're the beneficiaries of us spending 
hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer money to connect people to their websites, and they don't kick into the taxes that, 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 that help us, that, that pay to, to have the government do that. I mean, it's, and that will never happen because Big Tech doesn't want it. So, um, so let know. me get this right then, Seton. What you're saying is, you know, they contribute a few million dollars to to members of Congress, and they get billions of dollars in, in tax oh, yeah. relief. <laughs> There's no greater return on your investment. This has been this this has been this way for about 40 years now, maybe 50 years now. Uh, the greatest return on your investment, as far as dollar for dollar, is investing in in in, in gov- buying government officials. Yeah, unbelievable, Seton. It's just. You just can't make this stuff up, and it, uh, I really appreciate your pointing this out, uh, and and for our listeners' benefit. Again, Seton Motley, uh, the president of Less Government. The website is lessgovernment.org. Lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, I always appreciate your so well-informed commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to listen uh, visit with. Uh, Dr. George Markovich, he's an orthopedic surgeon. As I mentioned earlier, he replaced both of my knees in 2006. Went through a back operation last year and uh, during recovery discovered that I had a uh, hip that needed to be replaced indeed as well. And he took care of that on June the 9th, I believe the date was, and uh, just really appreciative for the relief in uh, from pain and, the, and gain in mobility. So we're going to visit with Dr. Markovich as well. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome 
back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We just listened to the commercial from uh, Dr. George Markovich. As I mentioned before the break, he replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I was greatly, uh, very grateful. And also, just on June 9th this year, replaced my hip uh, remarkably. Ended up showing up at 6.15 in the morning at uh, the surgery center. Uh, ended up on a on a gurney or on a bed at uh, seven thirty for the operation, and ended up leaving the the surgery center at eleven a.m. with a brand new hip. Just to me, it's still remarkable that that, that could happen. Doctor George Mark- Markovich, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob. Good morning. Good morning to you, Doctor. You know, I'm I'm curious uh, about what's happened right with uh, your patients, your practice. We went through this horrific hurricane, and you uh, have a lot of patients in, in Lee County. And I was just looking for some information on how things went in terms of your practice, but also in terms of your patients. Well, I'll tell you, very, very challenging, <clears throat> devastating uh, impact of this, uh, you know, horrible hurricane. It was gut-wrenching. Uh, in terms of our practice, you know, the, the elective uh, surgical schedule, we can always reschedule. We have to reschedule over 800 patients. Uh, so, you know, we were very, very busy in trying to accommodate people, making sure they're safe and, and helping them in, in any way we could. There were a couple of instances uh, of patients of mine that had uh, fractures uh, during this uh, event. Um, and one, one lady in particular uh, broke her hip uh, and I had replaced her hip, uh, I think, four years prior. And the hospitals were closed down. Everything was closed down. Uh, so we were able to, you know, uh, stabilize her and uh, get her travel ready so she can go up with family up north and get it taken care of. That was extremely challenging. Wow. Um, and situations like that. So, you know, all in all, uh, you know, our community took a, a huge hit. I personally took hits. Uh, but physicians have always put others, people's needs in front of theirs. And this is no different. And the doctors came together and tried their best to, you know, help people out. Yeah, a remarkable story indeed. And uh, you know, one of the things I'm grateful for is I had my uh, hip replaced on June the 9th, I believe it was. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, you know, it turned out that we lost power. And uh, the, then we ran out of uh, the the, the uh, support from the, what I've forgotten what it's called. Anyhow, the, the point being, we had to go up and down 15 flights of stairs <laughs> in order to, to get down to the main floor, and, and we had to walk. We didn't have elevator use, I, I guess is my right. point. So I was just thinking to myself, am I grateful that Dr. Markovich replaced my hip in June and it wasn't something scheduled for some time like in September? Indeed. Uh, we had been working as normal uh, up until... Uh, a week before this event, which was supposed to go up to Tampa and other places, and obviously, you know, took a, a turn and hit us. Um, we kept patients in the hospital a bit longer and actually transferred everybody out of the hospitals to more northern locations of the hospitals that were able to accommodate them. It was remarkable. Uh, but, you know, patients 
safety comes first. And, and, you know, uh, we just did what we always do. And, and so, you know, these are very, very challenging times in, in many, many ways. People were affected a lot more profoundly than, than, you know, you or I. And, and, and so, all we can do is do our best yep. and uh, communicate and help each other out. That's what it's all about. Absolutely, doctor. Just changing uh, directions a little bit. We're experiencing a lot of inflation right now. A lot of it because of the energy policy that we currently have here in the United States. I wonder if you had any comments or thoughts. So it's just mind-numbing uh, how you know the politicians that are put themselves in front of people's needs. You know, they, they apparently don't care about their constituents, a lot of them, you know. And it's just incredible to me how these decisions get made mm-hmm. and people go along with it, you know. And, and, and so I think people are too busy. They're, they're just trying to uh, make their lot in life and their world around them as good as it can be for themselves and their families. And, and I mean, it's just incredible that some of these decisions get made. I know the president came down and, and was talking about, you know, this event and, and pretending like he cared because I'm not sure he really knows how to care and um, was talking about climate change yeah. in, in, the, in the aftermath of, of this hurricane. And, and look, if they can't even predict where this hurricane is going to hit with all the sophisticated models uh, based on data that's right there and recent, how can they predict what happens uh, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, or f- from now. I- I'm not a denier. I just believe in science, uh, real science, not the Fauci science. And we know remarkably little about uh, this planet, you know, uh, 30% land mass, of which 2% is uh, populated by human beings, mostly in the coastal areas. 70% covered by uh, oceans that we know virtually nothing about, mostly, other than the coastal regions that primarily affect us. So 98% of the planet, we need more information. And the self-healing properties and how everything works out is largely unknown. So, you know, it's just incredible to me that the people that are supposed to be in charge of making things work really don't know how things work. I will take exception to what I just said with, with our governor and some of the leaders that were uh, very effective in this and many other things, uh, because I think that, uh, you know, in, in terms of our governor, he, he reads, he understands things, and he does his best to make good decisions. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I certainly appreciate that. And uh, thanks for pointing that out uh, when the uh, president, when Biden got up and said, that, I think we've now seen that the uh, climate change is for real. I'm sure the governor now appreciates that as if <laughs> it was some sort of <laughs> lesson for the governor. I mean, he all he could do is just raise his eyebrows and roll his eyes. It's just unbelievable. And, and I'm, I'm quite certain that the governor doesn't even believe this nonsense. Well, the governor has more important things to do, like uh, proactively try to make good decisions to uh, make sure that the the population is uh, doing as well as it could. Uh, Businesses are running. Uh, People are being productive. Uh, People are helping people. Uh, You know, those are the kind of things that are paramount. Um, And then when a disaster like this strikes, uh, of which it's nobody's fault, it just 
these things are cyclical. They, they happen. It's the worst in my experience. And I've lived in Florida my whole life. And uh, that's not the time to try to, you know, score political points or try to uh, convince people of things that are not uh, 100 percent certain. It, it, it's time to put your focus elsewhere. And, uh, you know, 80 uh, year old people that are, are dogmatic uh, may not be able to do that. But the people that, uh, you know, are a little bit more uh, uh, oriented towards action and and doing the right things are. It's so true. And, you know, right now, uh, we're watching what's going on now. I think this underscores the importance of elections. We now have this midterm election coming up right now. It's never been more important to get uh, to vote for people that it could actually support our our well-being and our, our point of view, as opposed to having these having these people in office who are really not working against the best interests of the American people. We've got to change that. Certainly. Uh, you know, I'm not sure uh, how our taxpayer dollars are being spent effectively. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't see a lot of evidence of that. Uh, I just know that my focus is trying to make my patients uh, do as well as they can and trying to support uh, the people that, that matter to me, including my staff. You know, we kept fully staffed during this COVID thing, and uh, <clears throat> we know how lockdowns work now. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're, we kept uh, completely staffed um, in terms of the hurricane, and we will continue to support people that help our patients. And so, you know, it's very challenging. Uh, we're not a, a big corporation by any means. We're a small business. Uh, we believe in, in, in personal attention and doing things as well as they possibly can be done. And, and we try to uh, live that every day. Uh, and so that's my focus. Um, and that's the focus of my partners. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's uh, a little frustrating to think about you know, how, how other things run, including the government. Absolutely. Again, Dr. George Markovich, in my opinion, uh, he has been such a resource and a blessing in my life. I just encourage you, if you have any joint pain, if you're de- dealing with problems with your shoulders or hips or with your knees or, any, you know, any pain at, at all, I would just definitely call 482-5399. 482-5399 is the number of Dr. George Markovich. Doctor, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to visit with uh, Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Just listening to that Blue Provence commercial just reminds me that uh, Blue Provence right now is not open for business. That's because they just got terrible damage from the uh, uh, Hurricane Ian. So the consequence is uh, that... Uh, right now, the wine store is open. I encourage you to visit that because they have a terrific selection of wine. Uh, but in, uh, right now, uh, the, the restaurant is not open, so don't call for a reservation quite le- yet. But I will promise you that uh, Jacques and his team will have the restaurant up and running shortly uh, for business. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's my pleasure. We missed a few weeks. Hey, we did. I missed having you on the air. Of course, uh, the uh, we were we we're out yeah. without internet uh, and without phones. I, our phone finally came on on Sunday, so fortunately, I've been able to do the show this week. But it's been quite frustrating before that not to be able to do the show. Yeah, I mean, we we were you know New York and. Uh, I was about to drive down and when the hurricane was coming and I said, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. So we watched the whole thing on the Weather Channel. We were glued to it. Yeah. Um, so I was helping some people out in Naples that needed to know what was going on, but had no way of knowing, you know, uh, with no, no, no power and uh, uh, no TV. So, um, uh, I mean... I, I don't know what to say, Bob. I mean, you probably talked it out uh, ad nauseum, but... Um, so I'm, I'm actually happy you pointed that out because it's so frustrating to be right in the middle of it. And I mean, we were in the middle of We had huge storm surge. But while that's happening, I mean, you have no information and no idea what's happening around you, what's ha- happening to other people. You, up in New York State, uh, had all the information <laughs> to, to yeah. understand what's going on. Well, you know, it, it's sad, but it was it was true. It was like, you know, um, uh, we saw everything, and it and you, it was very frustrating up here because there were so many of you down there that you you, know, you wanted to just say, hey, this is going on or that's going on, but it was just too much. Right. But it seems like um, 
you know, they're working on starting to put things together. I think the Internet, like we were just talking about, is the biggest thing. And um, a very good friend of mine in that business uh, told me uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, that the big problem with Comcast is it's the optic cable that, excuse me, that's giving them all the trouble. It's not just like finding a piece of cable and, uh, you know, replacing it or whatever. It says it's difficult to find. And then when they find it, they have to cut in and they have to splice it. So that's my understanding that it's the optic cable that's doing that. Plus the fact the way that they're they're set, it could be your place and one, you know, uh, three blocks away. There's no rhyme or reason that I can figure out. As, as to uh, how they did it. You know what I mean? Like, a, a, they know, obviously, there's a chart. But, I mean, I've heard some, you know, one person will have it on and the rest of the block doesn't. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, we had, we had a, a, a box explode up on, I'm, I'm going to say it was on 41 in North Naples. Transformer? A transformer, thank you. And uh, we had internet, and immediately after that, uh, we lost internet. So I have, I think it may have something to do with just the infrastructure that uh, needs to be uh, made whole. For a while, we couldn't get uh, internet uh, because a lot of the stuff is underwater. It was underground, so uh, you, they can't repair it until they can get to it. Bill, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so anyhow, uh, all's well that ends well. well. Hopefully, we'll get the internet back soon. Yeah, I noticed that uh, you know there's some some of the restaurants are opening up, and uh, uh, but the 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 damage just driving down into um, into the city of Naples, and I I mean I mean Fort Myers Beach and poor Dana up there, Sanibel. Yeah, you know our former city manager. I mean. Um, They've really got some work to do, but I see they've already got that bridge up again, or, or a temporary one. You know, DeSantis is just amazing. I mean, can you imagine? Uh, they call up, say, we we got to get this bridge built, and, and the, the well, you, you've got to, first of all, get your permits and everything. <laughs> like that. Right. It could take years. But the governor waived all that. He basically said, get that thing going and get it up and running. And just right. miraculously, just absolutely rebuild build bridges, not only to Sanibel, but to Fort Myers Beach. It's amazing. Right. What he, that's just great leadership. Yeah, it is great leadership. And I saw, I saw that the, the picture um, yesterday of the lineup of, of, uh, of workers and trucks and, um, you know, the power companies all lined up to head across there. They were going in there to to start working on areas that they could never get to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's going to go back together, Bob, but this one's going to be a, this is going to be, it's not going to be a short, um, uh, you know, two months later, we'll, we're all back together again. No. Irma, if, you know, you're comparing this to Irma. I mean, we had Irma cleaned up in, in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, not, you know, there was some, obviously some damage that took a lot more than that. I'm not being smart about it, but, um, you would never know, um, but this one, um, I just see, uh, I see it's going to be a, it's going to be a haul to get this uh, back up and running uh, well, to our standards. You know what I mean? Oh, I do, and I, I, I certainly think that's true uh, near the near the the coast, near the water where well, you know the storm surge was just on. I haven't seen anything like that in the twenty years, twenty two years that I've been down here. The amount of storm surge that uh, came up and uh, 
you, when they say be careful of storm surge, they really mean it. <laughs> you better watch out for it. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that was something that we always kind of um, poo-pooed a little bit because we never had one. Right. And with with Irma, that storm broke up right at the right when the eye came over us. Um, and uh, I'll never forget that phone call from the city manager out there at EOC saying. Hey, you're not going to get a storm surge because the storm is broken up. It was like that was the the, the best news I ever heard. Sure was. Um, so, and we've never had that other than I guess Donna, and we weren't around for that. Yeah. Well, we could all count our blessings that we're uh, okay, and I'm happy to hear you and your family are okay. We're okay, and uh, so a as a consequence, if you got your health and your family then it's just an inconvenience, a major inconvenience, but an inconvenience. Right, right. And as I say, the people that are coming down, um, you know, I, I, I flew down last week. Um, actually, I flew back up. Um, I had driven my car down there and um, just left it um, in the garage and then um, flew back up here because we're coming home next week. And um, the airport was... Um, was packed. I mean, the, the flight to Charlotte and uh, uh, was absolutely, absolutely jammed mm. and flying down. You know, um, I'm wondering what these what the people I'm sure they're coming down to see what damage there is now and um, uh, figure out what to do. Because, Bob, if you can't get staff to wait a restaurant, uh, you know, or serve in a restaurant, where is the help going to come for this? That's the question. That's a that's a great point, and uh, I would encourage people who are up north not to come down yet. Um, I mean, I realize you want to know and you want to do something about the situation, but uh, right now we live in a high rise, and uh, they now they've called every car out of there, totally uh, destroyed each car. Oh and, right. And uh, so um, we've we lost both of our cars, and we've gone out and bought another one, but. Uh, the point being is that uh, there's uh, still a lot of obstruction and difficulty with things that are going on. So I encourage people to stay north for a while until the until we get this debris cleaned out of here. Right. I, I mean, I would stay north. And if you absolutely have to come down, Bob, the thing is you need a place to stay um, before you come down. Yep. You're going to come down and start looking. You're going to really find yourself in a pickle. Well, that is so true. Before I let you go, uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, any good scoop in the city? Well, you know they're working hard. I mean, you know it's going to be this. It's going to be the same for a while. I, they, they, they are having some daily meetings where they're having. Um, they put out a a, um, a memo every day, kind of of what's going on. The city manager does that, and it's been it's been informative for those that have internet or that can get it. Yeah. Um, and so. They're going to do what they can to get the city up and running. You know, there's not much you can you can say. They've got all their departments working hard, and um, uh, we'll just keep our fingers crossed and keep them in our prayers for all of those cities to say, hey, you know, good luck, and anything that we can do, we'll do, right? Uh, absolutely. Well, it takes... Takes a takes a community, doesn't it? Again, uh, yeah, it does. Bill it Barnett, does. former mayor of Naples. I just hope you have a very safe trip back down to uh, Naples, and I uh, hope everything is going to work out fine for you. I just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much well, for joining. Well, thank us. you, Bob. You have a good one, and I'll see you speak to you next Thursday. We'll look forward to it. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got some great guests 
uh, lined up for tomorrow, including William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. And uh, Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author. He'll be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, let them know about uh, the show. It certainly is great support for our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>